Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. We are talking about this morning a lot about obedience and following and trust. And the passage uh, that we are talking about as well, they, it's very much, we know about the context that gave it to us in the video, but we remember that this was the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples since he'd been crucified. And we believe that there were about seven disciples with, uh, on this occasion, and one of them also was Peter. And there they are, they've gone back to Galilee, and we don't know whether they went back because we remember earlier in Matthew uh, 28 verse 10 that Jesus had told the women at the empty tomb, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Now we don't know whether they were going because Jesus had told them to go and they'd remembered that or whether they'd gone back to what they already were familiar with and what they knew in the light of all the events that had happened in those earlier days. Now, this is a story about fishing, and it would be amiss of me in any talk that I ever give that I don't tell you something really embarrassing about my husband and our only trip in terms of fishing. So we are newly married, and we're out in a boat, and Stephen said, oh, let's catch some mackerel, and we'll cook that for our dinner. So he got a little fishing rod thing out, he put it out the back of the boat, and off we went. I didn't expect us to catch anything. My expectations were very low. But we did. We caught one mackerel. So we brought it in, and then we didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) And neither of us wanted to touch it. And we knew that actually this was not right for this flopping around fish to be in the bottom of the boat. And actually, it needed to die, basically. So I said, well, maybe you tap it on the edge of the boat and that will kind of either stun it or whatever. So Stephen's very gently giving it a little tap. Of course, the thing is not dying at all. And this thing's wriggling. I get some rubber gloves on because we don't want to touch it. And in the end, we threw it back in the sea. (laughs) I'm sure it was very, very traumatized. So while we were not experts in fishing, let me tell you that, and I have never gone fishing since, scarred for life. But picture the scene. They're back in Galilee, and Peter says to them, let's go fishing. Now, we know that these guys are, you know, generally they're experts at fishing. They know what they're doing. They know their game. They know the equipment. They know the time of the day that they need to go, apparently at night. Why is that? Don't give me the answer. I'm sure there's a a good reason, but they go at night because it's the best time to catch fish. So they wait, they head off, they're out on the water, picture the scene, out on the water, and they cast or they throw their nets over the side. They knew what they were doing, so they wait. And then in the morning as the sun comes out, and the sun is coming up, They pull their nets in, and there's nothing. How on earth would you feel 
by that. Tired, frustrated, a little bit grouchy, disappointed, and probably very hungry. And doesn't that often remind us of times when we work really hard at something and it comes to nothing? Whether that's in our work or our relationship or in our church ministries, um, wherever that may be. So as they head back to the shore, they see, don't they, that man on the beach, the man they don't know at first who, who that is, who calls out to them and asks them if they've caught anything. Now, he asked them to do the strangest thing after they'd been out all night. Okay, guys, I want you to get back in, back in the boat, or stay on the boat. I want you to go back out. I want to throw your nets back in on the other side. Now, they have a choice, don't they? The disciples have a choice. They could ignore the voice that's calling to them or refuse to turn back. No point, no fish. We've been here all night. I'm absolutely exhausted. I may be hungry, but why would we do that? This is, you know, I'm the expert. I know about how to fish, or we know how to fish. They had a strategy, even though it obviously on this occasion did not work. Or the other choice they had was to obey the stranger's instructions, to listen to that voice, to get back out there, and to have another go. But then comes that game changer. They listened, they went back out, and as we know in the story, they cast their nets on the other side, they threw them in the other side, and when they pulled it in, what did they find? Anybody remember? What did they find? Yeah? They found that they had an enormous amount of fish. And we saw that in the story when they pulled them in. A huge catch, and the net wasn't even broken. Now, we don't know how Jesus did that. Maybe he used his creative power to get the fish or to create the fish in the right place. Maybe he used his omnipotent power to guide them to the right spot. Maybe he used his omnipresence power to see them coming and to guide them to drop their nets in just the right place. We don't know, but we do know that Jesus did it. Henry Blackaboy, an American pastor, has said every time God places you in a position of need, you are enabled to experience firsthand that God is your provider. This is a great story about provision, isn't it? But actually, it's more than provision. It's also about God's call to us to obey, to trust, and to follow. Obedience. They had a choice. They could obey or they could turn and do their own thing and go back and miss out on what God had planned for them. Now, in British Sign Language, some of you may know I'm a teacher of the deaf. We don't do a lot of signing, but when we do do a bit of signing, the sign for obedience, anybody know what the sign for obedience is? 
What would you think it might be? Come on, give me a, give me a try. What do you think? If you were going to sign, make up a sign that's to tell you about obeying, what would it be? Yeah, like this maybe? Yeah, oh, that's a really good one there. No, it's not. It's about having everything that you have and giving it to God. That's what obedience is about. Should we practice that? It's having everything that we have and giving it to God. And that is what it is about. Putting aside our own ideas and experiences, our own resources, and surrendering complete control. I'm not very good at that. I don't know about you. I want to stay in control. I want to use my own resources. But can we take that step of obedience? But those disciples also had to trust. They had to trust Jesus. And the sign for trust. Anybody know the sign for trust? Yeah, somebody's got it there. It's trust. Now, it's not a, you know, wishy-washy trust. It's a very definite trust. So let's have a practice. We'll use this at the end. I'm going to trust. Also, it also means I believe as well. I'm going to trust. A choice to follow without questioning. The disciples didn't ask, um... Why are we doing this? They put their trust and they followed. How do we trust God in our lives with our money, our relationships, our jobs, our children? It's quite pertinent for many people at the moment. Our marriages, our studies, our gifts. But the disciples had that opportunity to follow, to put their trust and then to follow. They had the chance to follow Jesus' call and listen to his voice. Simon Peter didn't initially feel as if we recognized Jesus. And how often in our own lives do we reflect upon the fact that we have often not recognized Jesus' voice calling to us? and we haven't followed. How often have we not recognized God's presence and stepped up into his power? And then the last word, really, was abundance and generosity. That was the outcome, wasn't it, of this story. They'd fished and gone back, they'd hauled in their nets, and then there was this abundance of provision. And the word abundance in the, in the um, Bible often is used, it means exceedingly, very highly, beyond measure, a quantity so abundant to be considerably more than what would, one would expect or anticipate. Jesus' promise for us is a life far better than we could ever imagine. Reminded in 1 Corinthians, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But that abundance we talk about in material things, we always think about that, don't we? But actually those things can be gone in the blink of an eye and we're living in a crisis at the moment where, very much so, material things 
could be here today and gone tomorrow. But it means about seeking God and his goodness, using our time, our wealth, our skills, all of ourselves that we might give back to others, to serve others, and to be part of building God's kingdom here on earth. It's also about God's overwhelming love for us, a love that goes beyond our understanding. The way in which we lay down everything that we have and everything about who we are and say, God, I trust you with every area of my life. This was a night of fruitless fishing which started with empty nets and empty hearts. But God's game changer brought a great abundance to them. So the challenge for us is, if God is calling us, are we asking him to hear his voice? But when we hear his voice, are we obeying? Are we saying, I give everything to you? Are we trusting Trusting that God will provide in all things. Maybe not always in the way that we expect, but that he has it in control. And will we follow him? Again, I love that sign that we use often in BSL. We've got God and we've got us. We have God and we follow him. So we follow together. And his generosity that immeasurable amount of his generosity and his love for us. So let's just take a moment and, and to actually think about this story. Think about the disciples, not just about the great amount of fish that were provided, but the disciples' response to Jesus in their obedience, their trust in following, and then God's blessing of their abundance. So let's just take a moment. And then we'll use those signs just to use that as a, as a prayer. So we'll join together and we'll use those signs. Father, help us to obey you. Help us to trust you in every part of our lives and to give them over to you. Help us to follow you when you call, when we hear your voice and trust that you will lead us into all things. And thank you for the abundance of your generosity to us in providing everything for our needs, but also your abundance of the way in which you can bring our lives to that fulfillment for the way in which you planned us to be. Our treasure is not here in the world, but is stored up in heaven. Amen.